This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Question for you. If Brian Stelter's show gets taken off of CNN, does anyone really even notice? <laughs> it's like, oh no, what is... Brian Stelter's mother going to watch now on Sunday mornings. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. I'm so glad you decided to join us. Uh, by the way, listen, if you're interested in advertising on this podcast, because a lot of people call and write me. They don't call. Nobody calls. Let's just be honest. I don't even, there's no phone number. But that was a lie. They, they uh, write to me and they DM me and they say, hey, how do I advertise on your podcast? Or, hey, I heard an ad for this and uh, you should advertise it, whatever. Um, and this is a great way. It's a great form. You know, first of all, the people that listen to this are you know, usually fairly well off. There's not a lot of homeless people listening to this podcast. I don't think there's people with expendable income. Um, you know that they're conservative. They're patriotic. They put America first. Very, uh, you know, Christian or at least devout in whatever religion they happen to follow. And they're all over the United States. A lot of red states. But, you know, we have a lot of listeners in Seattle, which is interesting. We have a lot of listeners in New York and in Texas. And uh, if you're if you're interested in advertising anything at all that is, uh, you know, potentially interesting to that audience, this audience, my audience, then uh, what you can do is you can write support at Catriots dot com. That's support S-U-P-P-O-R-T at Catriots dot com uh, and let us know and we'll have somebody uh, get in touch with you so you can place your advertising here. And, you know, A, you're supporting a fantastic show and B, you're reaching the kind of people that you want to do business with in the first place. All right. Speaking of reaching people that you want to do business with, let me get to my guest today. You know, it seems like whenever I interview somebody who's trying to save the Republic, they have the same message. Thank you for having me on. I just got kicked off of insert platform here. It happens every single week. And sometimes they're able to get back on. Sometimes they're able to, uh, to move on with their lives without getting back onto whatever platform they got kicked off on. Uh, off of. And my guest today is no exception, just like Sean Farish, just like Lily Kate, just like me. <laughs> She's been kicked off of TikTok. What is it? Five times now? Is that right? Yep. Five times. Six and counting. Yeah. Wow. We'll six and counting. So, so you, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, please welcome Kaylee Campbell, host of What's Your Point? It's only me, so I wish I could <laughs> applaud more. But anyway, Kaylee, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My, I guess my first question to you is you've been kicked off of TikTok talk five times. Why go back? Why keep, why keep going back after, after two times I called it quits. I was like, I don't have the energy for this. I see it as a challenge at this point. I kind of want to see how many I can rack up to be honest. Yeah. So you've got <laughs> your six to count up now and uh, it is, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It is really probably of all the platforms and people, you know, people are like Facebook, this, I don't have as much of a problem with Facebook as other people do, but TikTok, they will, without any announcement, without any warning, just destroy all of your hard work overnight. And there's really no, there's really no recourse except, as you know, starting over. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've had a bunch of friends who've built up their accounts to millions and then overnight it's just boom, gone. In yeah. an instant. Did you get any warning on any of yours or was it just you woke up and oh, it's gone? Did you do? Can you pinpoint it to one piece of politically motivated content that TikTok, you know, was like, oh, we don't like that. 
I wish I could. Um, I know that a lot of the times they give you like little video warnings. They'll take it down for community guideline violations. Um, Once you, I guess once you rack up a certain amount, they're just like, yeah, no, (laughs) never mind. And I think that they've recognized me at this point because my sixth account is already like permanently shadow banned. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're not even getting any uh, you're not even getting any traction on these new posts. Do you think like at one point they're just going to be like, oh, forget it. We're just let her go. She's going to she just she won't give up. (laughs) I hope so. I hope they realize my my work ethic and they're like, you know what? We'll just let it slide for now. I mean, look, if you can beat back the entire Chinese government, then that you definitely deserve to have a, uh, a TikTok account. Now, you're also on Twitch. You have this great show. What's the point? And you, know, you do something that I wish I could do more of, but people are scared to come on my show. You go, you have these guests who are basically, I mean, they are the lunatic left. They're the radical socialists who are trying to explain that there's multiple genders, explain that abortion is healthcare, explain away all of these, these ridiculous notions that they think are uh, constitutional and American and moral. And they're not, but, and you go, man, you, you invite them on and you go head to head with these folks. It's honestly, it's so entertaining because I started doing it on Instagram in the beginning. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? I can make an hour segment out of this and just and just wreck them in just different debates. And uh, I feel like they get they get pretty intimidated because they don't expect somebody to be like, yeah, sure, you know what? Hop on my show. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, we I love we get very few uh, we get very few people that are willing to do that. And as soon as they get a little resistance, they push back. But I imagine having somebody on your Twitch stream for an hour, it's very difficult for them to just dip out. That's true. They've got to commit to whatever they're they're arguing about or else because they're just going to look dumb, especially since it's live, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and everything on the Internet lasts forever. Uh, well, except our TikTok accounts, I guess. We, yeah. <laughs> you're in Texas. And the other thing I've noticed is everybody that I talk to, every conservative who's out there trying to save the Republic, every conservative who's out there being vocal, who's who's on social media, who's creating content, who's like, hey, we're here and we're not going to go away and you guys suck and we're the way to save this country. They all seem to be either in Florida, where I am, or Texas, where you are. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine that's not any kind of uh, that's not any kind of coincidence. It's it's very interesting. You know, we're out here in Texas trying to save it, especially because of the election coming up. Yeah, I am in fear of Texas going a little bit purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we built up a pretty big community of content creators and people out here who are doing our best to try and save it. And I think that Texas and Florida are the two top best states out there. And uh, between between the two, you know, I mean, we pretty much hold the elections in our hands. You were at a Beto, was it a Beto O'Rourke rally? I don't even know. Does he, that guy have rallies? <laughs> are, are people showing up? I guess people are showing up for Beto and you were out there talking to people in the parking lot. What kind of, what kind of stuff were they saying that was really kind of bizarre or troublesome to you? Oh my gosh. My friend has one video right as he got there of this woman, like running up and just talking about how abortion is so cool. And we were leaving the rally and there were these, these three girls leaving. And I was like, so what is your guys favorite thing about Beto? Yeah. And they were like, Oh, the abortion. Like I love killing babies. Like they're very, very proud of the fact that they love killing babies. Yeah. And people just seem so delusional. And of course I had that, that one argument with that woman about anything from what is a woman to abortion to the COVID vaccine. What did she say when you asked her what a woman is? Cause that's a real, that's a real, that's a real stumper for them. 
Uh, yeah. Well, she couldn't give me an answer. She said a woman is somebody who identifies as a woman. And I said, ma'am, that's a circular definition. That makes no sense at all whatsoever. And then when I tried to back up my statement, she was like, I don't care. I don't care. And I'm no. like, of course I don't care. Uh, abortion in Texas. What is the current abortion? Because here in Florida, we've got it until 15 weeks. Um, what is the current? I'm not familiar with Texas. What's the current law in Texas as it stands now? I believe because of the heartbeat bill that was passed, it's six weeks, but okay. I'm trying to push, we're trying to push Abbott to just completely ban it because that's the majority of what people believe here. Yeah. Um, still six weeks just because the heartbeat bill. You said you were a little concerned about Texas going a little purple. Do you think that Abbott's in trouble? I mean, he's running against Beto O'Rourke who hasn't successfully run a campaign in... Oh, ever? I mean, it's been a long time. I guess he was in Congress or whatever, but he failed when he ran against Ted Cruz. I know he's run for governor before. Do you think that this time there's enough transplants or there's enough young people or Roe v. Wade, the uh, Roe v. Wade decision has pushed people over the edge? I mean, you've got you've got Abbott running on the border. He's he's shipping immigrants all over the country. And I would I would imagine in Texas, that's got to be at least in the southern part, one of the big issues still. It is between the southern border the shootings that have happened recently and the abortion bill, I think it's it's definitely swaying some people's opinions. And I know that a lot of us don't really like Abbott, but of course he's going to be our pick no matter what over Beto. Right. Just yeah. because, I mean, that guy, just listening to him speak at his rallies is like, it, it, I'm, I lose brain cells when I'm listening to him talk. Oh, he curses at people. He was calling somebody a mother father the other day. <laughs> I mean, that's not really, again, I know that our political discourse is a little more colorful these days, but again, are you, how do you take this guy seriously? I mean, you literally can't. Like, anything he says, it just sounds like he's reading off a script and he's trying to say anything to make people happy. But it's just unbelievable. And, you know, Abbott's got to be the choice over him. But at the same time, he's made a lot of people upset because yeah. I was talking to people the other day about the whole immigration issue, and it's like, he could have had the choice to put them back over the border, but you know, he's shipping them around for a publicity stunt and he's kind of made his way. Not very well with the young kids here in Texas. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because I, you know, you're involved with TP USA and mm -hmm. we were out in Tampa. We went to the first time to the SAS in Tampa and it was amazing. It was, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, in a college age person anymore, <laughs> but I will, I'll be honest with you. I was just amazed at how well that event ran, the, um, the caliber of speakers, the conservative opinions and Christian values that just permeated through the entire building. And the young people like you and everyone else who showed up were like, you know, we, I, I was joking with Aaron Elmore the other day, the best looking people I've seen in a long time but also they're really passionately conservative and political, which is, I think, I think it kind of skipped a generation. You don't see a lot of millennials, for example, that are as passionately concerned with politics and the future of this country as you do people in Generation Z. What do you think, you know, what do you think the reason for that is? Because what you just said, Governor Abbott doesn't resonate with a lot of young people. I mean, the fact that young people are even are even paying attention this in this day and age is totally different from just 10 or 12 years ago. Why do you, th you think that's a Trump thing or what? Um, I think Trump definitely did kickstart the whole movement. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it skipped a generation because 
you know, like the, the boomer generation and below, they cared, but they didn't really care and focus on social issues. I think that the young kids really, really focus on social issues nowadays because it's targeting anything from our schools to our social medias, big tech censorship, critical race theory, all of that that's coming after the generations below us. It's up to us to protect that because we're going to be the ones having kids in the future. And of course, economics is important. Taxes are important. But until we focus on the social issues that are being brought up in pretty much everywhere, that would be the way that they target the young generations and they get them so that when those younger generations grow up, it won't matter how they vote because they'll already be indoctrinated from the beginning. It's really important. The social issues, because I used to be like, look, the number one issue is uh, national defense, because if terrorists bomb us or if somebody invades us and we're dead, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter what your gender is or what your pronouns are if you're a corpse. Nobody cares. So right. national defense needs to be number one. But the problem I realize, and I think what you're realizing and what you're working toward is that social issues weaken our national defense. When you look at what's going on with the military, when you look at the the wokeness of our of our of our fighting forces, the, what they're focusing on racism in the military. You know, do we have uh, flight suits for pregnant women? Are we allowing transgender males to shower with females in the military? Renaming the bases and spending millions of dollars. So these are ridiculous things that weaken us. So really, those social issues actually have become kind of a cancer in every aspect: the taxes, the economy, and of course, our national defense. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I feel like it makes a lot of the older generations uncomfortable to talk about because a lot of the discussions that they had were strictly about economic issues and they were kind of just to avoid all the social things that may be awkward or weird to talk about. But that's kind of how the left was able to slip in because they found the weakness and they took it and they ran with it. That's great. Are you in college now? Are you still in school or are you out? I graduated last year. Oh, congratulations. So now are you doing this full time? You're on uh, you're on your Twitch channel. You've got your show. What's your point? I see you all over social media. I see you interviewing. Uh, you interviewed Mike Lindell the other day. You were interviewing Marjorie Taylor Greene. Is this something that you're able to now make a career out of? For the most part, I mean, it's a little bit difficult because, you know, let's see, Instagram demonetized me. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had posted stuff that they found on Hunter Biden's laptop. Right. TikTok, of course, that was that was bringing in a decent amount of income until the ban happened. Yeah. Twitter um, had perma banned me and now they track my IP so I can't make an account no matter oh, what. <laughs> oh, no, that's horrible. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, it is. It is a little daunting when you're a conservative and you're trying to do because you see these people making prank videos. You mm-hmm. see Mr. Beast giving away islands. You know, they're making two, three million dollars a, a, a month on YouTube. And you know, we here we are with a different opinion. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're trying to they're trying to squeeze us out. I would recommend locals, by the way. Have you checked out locals? I actually had one of my friends tell me about locals. So I made an account and I need to check it out more. Oh, locals is great. They are uh, they're owned by Rumble, who, you know, is a, a free speech platform. They're very strong with conservatives and they're <laughs> looking to build out a way for conservatives that get demonetized, who get kicked off, um, you know, to, to earn that income for their content and also spread their word. So. I would definitely recommend that to you. Well, speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene, by the way, you asked her a question, which I thought was great. I want to ask you the same question. You said, what's the worst or craziest thing a liberal has ever called you or said to you online? And I want to ask you, what's the craziest thing a liberal or a, has ever said to you online? They come up with the craziest names. Yeah. 
I mean, I get the weirdest DMs too. Like if I go through my requested and then yeah. I see like the hidden requests. Right. All kinds of death threats. I had somebody describe in very strong detail what they would like to do to me and my body if they ever came across me. Yeah. And I mean, these people with no remorse will right. DM conservatives things that are just so horrific and graphic. And it's like, I've seen crime shows. I've watched horror movies. Yeah. And it's not compare to the stuff that they threaten to do to us just because we state our opinions online. What do you do when you get those? Do you do, uh, do you report them? Do you, do you report them on Instagram, the cops? What do you do? I mean, most of the time it's accounts that have no profile picture right. and pro followers. Um, if they're pretty bad, I've thought about going to the cops a few times, but at the end of the day, I've heard so many stories about them just looking at it and being like, yeah, there's not really anything we can do from this. Right. Keep an eye on it. And if, if somebody shows up to your apartment, then let us know. And it's like, well, at that point it's too late. But. Yeah, maybe a little. Yeah, definitely make sure that you're uh, make sure that you're hiding your address. And if you ever buy a house, make sure you do it under some kind of like LLC or something like that. Listen, but keep doing the great fight because uh, it, it's so exciting to see the younger generation. It's so exciting to see what goes on at TPUSA. And it's so exciting to see young people get excited about politics and the right. And I'll be honest, also the right side of politics, because it used to be when somebody in, in, in you know college age was political, it meant that they were laying down in the street in front of traffic or they were gluing their hand to a cop car or throwing a brick through a window. And it's, it's nice to know that you guys are out there. Yeah, I definitely think we're way more organized than the left. And you mentioned SAS, and that is one of the my favorite things that I love about Turning Point is all these events that we host. Right. Because you get to be around so many like-minded people. And it's really comforting because I know that a lot of people, even myself, getting into the conservative movement, I felt very alone. I mean, I lost all my friends. I didn't think I was ever going to have a normal job ever again. Yeah. But once you come to these events and you become a part of Turning Point, it's like a family almost because you finally have people who agree with what you're saying, understand why you're fighting for it, and really just come together to try to fight for everything that we believe in and everything that's right and everything to save the country. And it is really exciting to see that many people. I mean, it, it is like a rock concert, but instead of watching musicians, you're watching some of the greatest political minds and some of the most prominent conservative voices and fighters in this country, like Ron DeSantis, like Donald Trump, like Don Jr., like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, everyone that Charlie Kirk and, and the organization has been able to pull together. What's the next event you're going to? Where are you? Getting, there's one coming up in Texas, right? Um, so we just had CPAC like last weekend, I right. think. Yeah. And oh my gosh, that was my first CPAC. It was so fun. Last oh, yeah? year, I stood outside with the Trump supporters because I had no idea what was going on. But um, then we have, I believe America Fest is in December. And okay. then I heard CPAC DC was also in December. So I'm not sure. You went, you interviewed uh, Mike Lindell when you were at CPAC, right? That's where that was? Yeah. Uh, tell everyone what, you asked him a great question. He said, what's the biggest threat to our, uh, to our Republic? And he, came, he had his answer ready to go. Remind everyone what it was. It was the, um, the election systems and the voting systems, the electronic voting system specifically. Yeah. And I think that's everybody's biggest fear. So I, I saw that over like 60% of people were afraid to head into the 2022 and the 2024 elections because they don't even know if their vote is actually going to count. Yeah. And then after the FBI raid that happened in Mar-a-Lago, I saw another thing that said that now people are very, very confident to go head out and vote because they're starting to see the injustice that's going on. So 
I think a couple of things have, have happened in the past couple of weeks, and I and I, I know you're right. The the good thing and the reason why the Democrats is you know want to federalize elections is because they can make all of these vote they can make it uniform across the country, and then they won't just have to fix elections in you know Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, or Michigan. They can just do it nationwide. They don't have to worry about it. Um, having elections run by states is the most important thing that we need to fight for. But I think two things that I think I've seen recently. Both happening with with women, but in opposite ends is you had Carrie Lake in Arizona who mm-hmm. overcame, I think, because Arizona is one of those states that's iffy. And if there was any wrongdoing, if there was any kind of um, underground campaign by the left to thwart her, she overcame it just by the sheer number of people who went out and voted. Same thing with Liz Cheney in Wyoming, who openly tried to defraud voters by encouraging Democrats to switch their party and vote for her. She was openly trying to steal a Republican seat by getting votes from people who hate Republicans. It was really odd that they allow that to happen, but they do. And again, she was just buried in a landslide for Harriet Hageman. So hopefully if enough conservatives, if enough young people uh, get out there, if you're able to tell people, hey, conservatives are the way to go, go vote in November. I think we'll be able to overcome any of those anomalies that Mike Lindell was talking about. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think that watching Carrie Lake win was so fulfilling because, you know, it's it started out with her opponent in the lead. But then all of the people had just agreed, you know what, we're going to go vote in person. We're going to go the day of the election. And then that's why we saw that huge spike in people, because they they had the commitment to go out and vote in person. And I think that's something that we need to be encouraging across the board, no matter what, because, Voting in person, one, not only shows the dedication that you have to the election, but really just helps verify it as a whole. Kaylee Campbell, uh, host of What's Your Point? You can follow her on Instagram, the Kaylee Campbell, T-H-E-K-A-Y-L-E-E, Campbell. uh, And also you're on Twitch. What's your Twitch channel? Um, My Twitch channel is also just the Kaylee Campbell. Perfect. Good branding. That's good. Solid. Hey, Kayla, it was great talking to you. I had so much fun and I learned a lot. And uh, next, I I don't know if maybe CPAC DC or the next Turning Point USA event, we got to get together again. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Oh, that was, hold on to me. Oh, that was fantastic. (laughs) That was really great. I enjoyed that. Well, oh my gosh. Sometimes I get nervous while I'm doing it and I'm like, am I going to stutter too much? Am I going to like lose my thought mid sentence? <laughs> oh no. You look, you sounded great. You look amazing. I like your heart, your um, American flag. You're, you spoke really well. I mean, that's the other thing too. It's all, it all comes down to speaking well. And everyone I talk to these days, who's conservative, they speak well, <laughs> they speak well. And anyone on the other side, they just yell and scream and no, you're doing, you're doing fantastic stuff. Um, yeah. And like I said, anytime, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you're going to be somewhere let me know, and maybe we're going to try to, bro- we broadcast live. We did a lot of live stuff in Tampa and mm-hmm. I want to try to do that again. If we're ever on, on uh, media row again, we'll hook up. Yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah. What part of Florida are you in? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, okay. Okay. I almost, North- that's like North of West Palm, right? Yeah. Little- it's way you've got Jacksonville on the East coast and then you go down, you get Orlando and Daytona and then down south, right before Miami is West Palm Beach. Ah, okay. I was almost in Orlando or like a little bit north of Orlando just because I was going to work on Sabatini's campaign. Oh, yeah. But I'll stay in Texas for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. No, I know it's going to be, I'm going to be here probably through November. Although Florida, we don't really have, I mean, knock on wood, there's no question what's going to happen. We've got more conservatives than ever. We've got more Republicans registered than ever. We've got Ron DeSantis and Marco Rubio, and I think they're going to be fine. So 
But yeah, yeah, good luck. Good luck in Texas. And let me know if you ever need anything. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Nice meeting you. Bye-bye. Bye.